It's the season four finale of the DSA podcast presented by the Division of Student Affairs. I'm your host, Matt Lupica. Well, they weren't kidding when they say time flies. Can you believe we are at the end of the fall semester already? I can't. No, actually, I can't. It's been quite a wild ride. I feel like we've accomplished uh, enough in the academic year in one semester, so it's good to be here. Yeah, you got that right. To that end, I'd like to welcome in our guest, University President Todd Dykin and Senior Vice President for Student Affairs, Dr. Lamar Hilton. Thank you very much to both of you for being on this podcast. And with me, as always, and actually our 24th show together, Talia, is my co-host, Associate Vice President for Student Affairs and Dean of Students, Talia Drummer-Farrell. Happy December to you. Happy December. Yeah, we're recording this on December 1st, so it is officially the month of snow and cheer. Sure. And it, it feels more like uh, late October as we record this, but no, it no. seems like everything's getting pushed back weather-wise anymore. I uh, know, which I don't mind. We can have a short winter and I'm okay with that. Me too. Yep. So let's get this episode going with a bang. And the first question is actually for both of you. So now if you had to give the folks listening your elevator pitch summary of your thoughts on this last semester, how would you describe it? And you could go first, President Dykin. Thanks, Matt. I would say that for me, my elevator pitch is uh, one long, even one semester long, uh, thank you. And, and a whole lot of reasons to be thankful. So those would range from, so my elevator pitch is, we're, I'm just thankful. And, I'm, and, those, and the reasons for being thankful range from uh, a lot of great work being done to keep our students and our employees safe on campus. The fact that we've managed to keep COVID-19 spread really minimal across all of our camps, campuses, I'm very thankful for that. And then just thankful for things that happened that maybe in previous years, we would have not noticed so much, but we notice a lot. So for example, uh, attending in person, the fall music theater production, Chaining Zero, which was a spectacular show, was great to see live theater in person. And that particular uh, musical, Chaining Zero, is co-authored by two Kent State theater graduates. And then the uh, intercultural Greek installation on campus and the homecoming events surrounding that project. My elevator pitch is, I've had a semester's worth of thank yous. Yeah, and you mentioned that homecoming festivities. I actually participated as a announcer at that. And, and you know, it's the things that we take for granted, like being in person and seeing stuff. And it was kind of like a reality check when we didn't have that. Wouldn't you agree, Talia? Yeah, absolutely. You don't, I mean, you knew you missed things, but you didn't realize how much you genuinely missed that connection, the opportunity to do all those things. And it's been wonderful to be a part of. It sure has. How about you, Dr. Hilton? What's your elevator pitch for this semester? Well, first, it's great to be with you all. I, I always love uh, taking the podcast. And so uh, good to be with you uh, this, uh, this afternoon. I guess my elevator pitch would be, where did the time go? It feels like uh, <laughs> we just started the mm -hmm. year and I blinked and now we're ending the year. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of stuff has happened in between those two points but it has felt like a whirlwind of just everything at one time that has gotten us to the month of December. I mean, we are in the last month of the year, which mm -hmm. really feels like um, it has breezed by us. And so that would be my elevator pitch. Where has the time gone? Because 
it's moved quite rapidly. It sure has. You're absolutely right about that. So another thing this semester has been the talk about some big topics. And President Dykin, the Anti-Racism Task Force, brought forth some exceptional recommendations. And in fact, we've already seen some of those set into motion. Can you share with us the progress of that work? And you know what can we expect for the remainder of the school year and beyond? Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, just as a reminder, there were approximately 100 recommendations from the Anti-Racism Task Force. I'll just give you a couple of examples of things we've implemented so far. One was to appoint the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Dr. Gooden, uh, to the strategic hiring team. And so ever since the pandemic, as we really worked to be good stewards of the institution's finances, we have this strategic hiring group that reviews all requests for hires. And uh, as, as a part of the Anti-Racism Task Force, we saw the opportunity to add a member to make sure that we were paying good attention to uh, diversity in those uh, hires. And so, so that's an example of, uh, of a recommendation being implemented already. Uh, I think another exciting development on that front was the uh, Board of Trustees approval of the Anti-Racism and Equity Institute and being ably led by Interim Director Carla Gore I mean, Kent State has such a powerful and important history in, in African-American activism from the hiring uh, of the first African-American tenure track faculty member at an Ohio public uh, institution to uh, BUS and the Black United students and their activism, what is now Africana Studies. So I, I would say I would hold up those two, those two accomplishments as as a notable and uh, the committee continues, the anti-racism task force continues to implement those 100 recommendations. And I just wanna say, you know, it's great to see students, faculty, staff, uh, everybody in administration working together. This is not just, you know, give us your money, go to school and get the heck out of here. Everybody's really working together and making this Truly, I think one of the best colleges in Ohio, if you ask me. You know, it's interesting because I'm traveling around to all of our campuses right now as we review our strategic plan. And one of the things I mentioned is, you know, it's both something that we can be immensely proud of at Kent State, but it's also a bracing reminder of the challenges of history. And that is, as I mentioned, that when Kent State hired Professor Oscar Ritchie to be the first African-American tenure track faculty member in, the, in a public university. I mean, that's a singular achievement for Kent State. But the fact that that happened only in the 1950s is also a bracing reminder of our nation's history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And President Dykin, thank you for prioritizing that because without your support and uplifting that, you know, we would not be able to move this needle in that way. So I really do appreciate you sincerely for all of that work. Um, so Dr. Hilton, I'm gonna go to you. One of our favorite topics, the dining transition, or should I say university culinary services, right? Uh, so this transition launched at the very start of the fall semester. Uh, what would you say has been the rose and the thorn from the transition and what things have been done to continue to improve the experience here at Kent State? So obviously this is one of my most favorite topics and I, mm -hmm. and I say that slightly tongue in cheek, but slightly um, 
but also probably more than slightly genuinely from the heart. Um, this has been a major transition, not only for culinary services, but our entire university. And when I think and reflect on the fact of our transitioning away from a strategic partner to a self-operating dining program or culinary program in the time frame that we did that, the, the rose for me is just how committed our entire university was uh, and remains uh, to ensuring that this transition meets the, the aims of the institution. And that's from our executive leadership, our board, my president, um, on, on, through the eight, on, on through the organization. Um, we have a lot of great hardworking folks in culinary services. And I don't wanna start calling names cause I know I'll forget people, um, <laughs> but there have been truly so many people that have made this transition um, as seamless as it as a transition like this could go, um, and I have just been immensely proud of how uh, our community has rallied around um, our ability to move away from a strategic partnership and really take this important function of the university into our own hands. Uh, to do with it what we need to do with it as an institution. Having said that, no transition of this magnitude uh, comes uh, easily. And certainly there have been bumps in the road um, operationally from a service perspective and otherwise. And so that probably would be my thorn um, mm -hmm. that we've had to weather significant challenges, whether we're talking about uh, elevating quality and elevating the service delivery of our culinary experiences and the challenges that come with that, or uh, how we are impacted by the broader societal challenges that we're experiencing relative to the labor market and hiring people um, and getting staffed up to, again, meet the needs of our entire university system and community. And so that would be a thorn. I think it was a thorn that we anticipated mm -hmm. happening. Uh, we just, as a reminder, transitioned July 1st officially, and so it has not yet been six months that we've been in um, in this new way of providing uh, a dining program and experience to uh, Kent State University. And so I imagine that the thorns will continue to emerge uh, from time to time, but that uh, at a point we will start seeing many more roses than we see thorns. And again, I can't speak highly enough of just how much our entire university culinary services team has uh, done what they've needed to do to make sure that we are putting our best face and best foot forward as we serve our, our university community. Yeah, and it's also been beautiful to watch our students that not just to say, okay, I don't like this or this isn't going well, but let me be a voice to solutions and let me be a part of the conversations and actually can you educate me on these different processes so I can be aware and be a voice to my classmates and that's been awesome you know undergraduate student government can enter hall council and many others have been at the forefront with our culinary services uh, team to help them you know being right there boots on the ground so that's been awesome to see absolutely and we could not have done it without our students I mean um, our culinary services program, as we know, affects everybody, not just students, it's faculty, it's staff, it's community members. Uh, but our students have been at the core of our transition, and they have been with us each and every step of the way. 
And we certainly couldn't have weathered this and continue to weather the transition uh, without uh, the great input and the great engagement of all of our Kent State students. Agreed. And you know, you talk about the dying. I'm still holding out hope for that Cinnabon to show up one day there. <laughs> Jill, are you listening? And, uh, you know, I'd love to see that. But uh, like you said, we're making some great strides with that. And it, it mm -hmm. is great to see. Before we continue, I'm going to take a moment to let you know that you're listening to the season four finale of the DSA podcast presented by the Division of Student Affairs. And in this episode, we are taking time to recap the fall semester. Alongside my co-host, the Associate Vice President for Student Affairs and Dean of Students, Talia Drummer-Farrell, I'm Matt Lupica. Now, President Dykin, I'm going to go back to you. Look, this, this next thing I'm going to tell you is an understatement, I think. COVID has certainly been a hot topic, and the vaccine requirement is one that we are hopeful will move us through and eventually out of this pandemic already. Can you share with us a rose and thorn from your perspective as we move into our next phase of the requirement? Well, I think the thorn is COVID-19. So uh, it's like a big old thorn that just won't go away, and it keeps popping up in different places. The rose is just watching everyone in our community, students, faculty, staff, everyone in our community really embracing our flashes, take care of flashes, commitment, ethos, approach uh, to interactions, and really following our, our uh, strategic plans, core value of kindness and respect in all that we do. And so, look, I, I get it. Some people don't support vaccinations. They don't want to be vaccinated. I understand that. I, I am also thankful that those individuals will agree to be tested regularly as we do everything we can to keep everyone safe. So the, the rose is that we have such great buy-in for our flashes, take care of flashes approach, which includes wearing a mask indoors and and the vaccine or being tested regularly. So, so kudos to people for doing things that maybe they wouldn't wanna do or normally wouldn't support and being really great citizens of Kent State. That's, that's an enormous rose. Yeah, and you talk about flashes taking care of flashes. It's more than that, it's world taking care of world by doing this mm -hmm. as well. And it's just great to see that. Yeah, definitely Kent State being the leadership and showing the way how we can do this, right? Doing it together. Okay, so Dr. Hilton, I'm back to you. And so we think about COVID, there's been a lot of um, side effects outside of like the actual uh, disease and the virus itself, right? We've seen other pockets of folks being affected in many different ways. And so mental health, even outside of the pandemic has certainly been one of the concerns over the years. And even more so this past year, it has really caught our attention, right? So can you share your reflections on our growth in our efforts and your hopes for the remainder of the year when you think about what we've done in supporting the mental health of our students? Yeah, we've come a mighty long way. Um, we have um, invested. Um, we have not just, what I love about Kent State, and we have many examples in recent days to point to with what I'm about to say. We don't just talk the talk, but we also walk the walk. And so we know as an institution, mental health is of paramount importance for everybody, students, faculty, staff, everybody. But we go one step beyond acknowledging that that is a, as a, an important piece of our experience. And we invest strategically in the, in the 
wraparound of making sure that we are paying attention to, in this case, mental health. And so we've invested, you know, over a million and a half dollars of institutional recurring funding to support the expansion of mental health at a time where um, we are reducing the overall university budget by almost 10%. That speaks to the level of commitment that the institution has to this very important topic. As a result of that investment, we've been able to expand people uh, who service our campus around mental health. We've been able to expand educational opportunities for faculty and staff and students around what it means to uh, have a quality and positive sense of mental well-being. We've established a basic needs center called the Care Center that really focuses in on helping students address their very fundamental and basic needs. Mm -hmm. um, and the list goes on. And so I'm really, really grateful, proud, excited about what we have been able to accomplish, even in this period of a pandemic where things have been all over the place. We have really been able to keep our eye on the ball as it pertains to the mental health and well-being of our entire campus community and for that you know that makes kent state what it is it's the goodness and essence of our institution i hope as we move forward we continue to keep our eye on the ball mm -hmm. uh, because these challenges and these experiences are not going to go away by any stretch of the imagination and you well know dr drummer farrell that um <laughs> we we see this um week after week after week when mm -hmm. we were having conversations about helping students in crisis and supporting our students and the variety of ways that we do, this is not gonna go away. And so it will require us to keep our attention and our sights focused on what matters and what's important. I believe mental health um, contributes to a, a sense of belonging, the sense of belonging that we uh, strive for students to have as an institution. I believe mental health certainly contributes to positive academic outcomes. It certainly contributes to our, our view on equity and, and diversity and inclusion. And so for all of those reasons and more, I hope that we're able to continue driving down the road of uh, doing what matters uh, and investing in those areas that uh, really will elevate the university experience overall. You know, I let me tell you, it's been awesome to, to be in the front row uh, watching all of this unfold um, because we also have been able to intervene and mitigate a lot of things before it has taken and gone into that crisis mode, right? And having these opportunities to have these spaces and places has been a, a breath of fresh air to be a part of. So again, without the efforts and support of the both of you, these kind of things can't happen and our campus community will be better because of it. So we're grateful for that. You can thank my boss. <laughs> I said both of y'all now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really, it, it really takes an entire community to make that happen. I agree. I agree. And you know, Talia, we had a story that was written about a Kent State freshman who really stepped into action when a student yeah. was experiencing a mental crisis. And, and that's the kind of thing you just love to see. You could say flashes, take care of flashes all you want. But when you see something like that, oh, yeah. you truly know that students are taking care of each other. There are it is no the talking words. the talk versus walking the walk. It, exactly is. it is. It's a massive difference. I remember sitting in care team and us discussing this story. Like, wait, who intervened? And she, 
they didn't know each other. I, and it was just a beautiful outcome and story to see. And it makes you proud that these are students that are here with us at our institution and representing what it means to be a flash. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Now, before we head to our great wild card question to end the show, I've got one more question for both of our guests here today. What do you want our campus community to consider and take away from this semester as we head into the spring? I'll start with you, Dr. Hilton. I want uh, our campus to community to take the word grace with them into the spring. Uh, I think at some point or another, we have either had to be graceful with ourselves or extend grace to someone else. Uh, and I don't foresee that um, changing or subsiding at any point soon. Uh, the extension of grace and allowing yourself to feel that grace um, really, I think, makes all of the difference in terms of how we navigate the challenges uh, that will await us in the spring. And it will be a, a challenging spring. Let's just be honest about it. Um, there will be new challenges that we will have to wrap our arms around. Uh, there will be uh, issues that will be awaiting us as we um, uh, begin to understand how the spring is going to shape up in a variety of different ways. And in each one of those instances, I believe the extension and, and appreciation of grace in those moments really goes a long way in addressing and, and uh, tackling those challenges head on. Thank you, Dr. Hilton. President Dykin? Well, uh, actually, my answer to this question, I, I sort of developed in my head as Dr. Hilton was answering the question about mental health. And I would say my takeaway from this semester is that we are better together than we are apart. And when I say better together than we are apart, I'm not talking about uh, a unanimity of thought, but really an embrace of the differences that make us the supporting family that we are. And when I say that my takeaway is that we're better together, we are better together than apart, I'm not saying that everything is unicorns and rainbows at Kent State, but I am saying that when one of us is hurting, others will extend support and comfort. Uh, and that when we can improve as leadership and as an institution, that um, we will be responsive to those opportunities to get better and that we will build a level of trust with our students and with our employees and with the parents of our students and with our community that if something isn't going the way it should be going, there's a trust that says, you know, I know they're not doing that out of malice, but really that they, they have good intentions and now we'll work together to resolve any particular situation. Yeah, it's so true. Well. This is our favorite part where we get to ask you a question and you give us your one word answer when you hear the question. So our famous, as Matt likes to say, it's famous, wild card segment. So here's the question for this installment. What is your one word as you think over this semester and we begin to close it out and begin a new one? What is the one word that comes to mind as we are closing this semester out? moving into the spring in the year of 2022. And President Dykin, since you left off last, you get to go first. Well, you may know that I'm fluent in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, Brazilians love 
to use the word maravillosa. And mar maravillosa, I mean, the, the direct translation is marvelous. But it's really, the, the Brazilian use of the term maravillosa really just means that, I mean, things are special. Mm. And, and I just think that even in spite of all the issues we deal with, this is a really special place. So for me, the one word is maravillosa. I love that. Okay, Dr. Hilton, what you got? How am I supposed to follow a man <laughs> that knows multiple languages? Um, so I'm just going to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to say grateful. And I return to, to some of the sentiment that President Dyken had early in the, in the podcast of just, um, just how grateful I am that uh, I'm situated in this community um, of really wonderfully amazing folks that are all striving to make change in a wonderful and positive way and to do so in community with one another. That's a pretty spectacular combination. Uh, and so I'm grateful. And, and yeah, it's, it's been a, a rough one. Uh, but I'm grateful that I could weather that and we could weather that together with one another. Agreed. Well, Matt, it's a season finale. So what's your one word? My one word is fresh. And I'm not talking about when your clothes <laughs> come out of the dryer fresh. Okay. What I mean is a new year equals new hope and a fresh mm -hmm. start. And, you know, I'm mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing what's in store for 2022. Agreed. I want to say progress. Um, it's been, it's been a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's been a lot. It's been heavy, but we have accomplished so much and have come so very far, especially when you think about March of 2020 to today. Um, there's great pride in what we've been able to achieve and what we've been able to offer our campus community because of all this hard work. So we're making good progress and we'll continue to do that. And that's something I'm very excited about. I totally agree with you on that one. And just like that, hey, season four is in the books. Before we head out, I would like to once again thank our guests very much, University President Todd Dykin and Senior Vice President for Student Affairs, Dr. Lamar Hilton. Thank you to both of you for being on the podcast and your great insight, your great leadership. I know that's just a thing of beauty, if you ask me. Agreed. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dean Drummer-Farrell. And uh, Dr. Hilton, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, President Dyakin, and thank y'all so much. This has been fun. Well, Talia, what a season for the DSA podcast it's been. You know, we talked before the show from having uh, different things happen. You know, I had to host the first episode in my car, thanks to the Wi-Fi not working in my house. It just decided to not work. To having someone outside of your office with a guitar and an amplifier. I mean, I think yeah. we've seen it all. We have. But we've also had the chance to thank our veterans along the way, with along with celebrating our parents and families and enjoying the pageantry of homecoming. So what a great season four it's been. It has. Before we head out, make sure you check out the Division of Student Affairs Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages featuring stories and important announcements from around the division. It's your source for DSA news and information. The podcast is available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Head over to your favorite one, enter Kent DSA podcast in the search, and then sit back, maybe grab some popcorn and enjoy. And before we go, I just want to take a moment to thank our listeners across the world and here at home in the United States. Thanks for listening to the DSA podcast. So once again, for my co-host, Talia Drummer-Farrell, I'm Matt Lupica saying today's a good day to have a great day.